Rob, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Doing just fine, thank you. Tell me about the farm. Well, I'm a fifth-generation farmer in Bradford, Illinois. Now, that would be two hours southwest of Chicago, about an hour north of Peoria. Raised there all my life. Um, I'm actually living in the house that my, my grandparents lived in. So my parents' house is just down the road. So kind of that typical story of coming back to the farm, and I couldn't be any happier than, than I am right now. What do you grow there in north-central Illinois? We grow corn and soybeans, and when I'm really feeling like torturing myself, I try to grow some wheat. <laughs> yeah, wheat, not exactly the uh, easiest crop to raise right now as far as a bottom line standpoint is concerned. That's right, and I love growing wheat. I, there's just something about wheat that's fun. I mean, it's in the middle of the summer. It looks neat. It's fun to grow, but, man, it just has, it has taught me some economic lessons that I don't care to relearn. Well, plus you get a little bit of time to take a breath. If you grow wheat, by the time you're done planting, then you got to harvest, and then it's back to harvesting uh, your, your corn and beans shortly after that. Yeah, but, you know, that's good because it keeps you out of trouble and stuff. You know, you get too much time in your hands in summer, you get, you know, you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. How did 2016 go for you there in your part of the Midwest? You know, really well. It was definitely the, the best crop we've ever grown, both corn and soybeans. You know, we were just, everything was perfect. We were going along. You thought to yourself, oh, you know, maybe it's getting a little dry and, you know, we'd get a half inch of rain. It just, it, the whole year was like that. So, you know, even though the uh, the prices are pretty depressed, uh, you know, the big yields definitely helped us out this year. So has your game plan changed here this year? Because you mentioned those depressed prices and, and it looks like, according to analysts, they're not going away anytime soon. Anything you might be doing different here this year? Yeah, you know, we've left our options open. You know, we've held off on putting some you know, anhydrous on some grounds if we, if we wanted to go back and plant some soybeans instead of corn. So nothing's changed quite yet. I'm still trying to look at what the market's going to look like here in the fall. But uh, I guess if anything, I've left myself more open to change than I really have in the past. You mentioned that uh, a little bit of time off will get you in trouble and you've gotten yourself into a podcast. Uh, that's why I wanted to have you on this week is it's so unique that, you know, farmers are finding different ways to share their stories and uh, talk about what they do and why they do it there on the farm. So how did the podcast come to be? Well, I'm also a, a deer outfitter. So we have people come in and hunt deer there at our place. And we had a, a gal come in. She's become a great friend. She has a hunting podcast and she was talking about that and she was kind of explaining how it works. And I really liked it. So I started a podcast that started out as a hunting podcast. And then I interviewed my first farmer and I realized, you know, that's probably what I should be talking about. I just really never fit in on kind of the other way you got your voice out there. Um, you know, the, the groups, the, the organizations, that type of thing. And I just like to talk about what I like to talk about and really not have any restrictions to it. And you know what? That's exactly what you can do on a podcast. Well, and you mentioned, uh, you know, what I do here is I try to reach out and bridge that gap between farmers and consumers and get that message out there. And I think you might agree that, that your podcast, the Shark Farmer Podcast, uh, is really a chance for farmers to voice their opinions, maybe to other farmers, maybe a, an airing of grievances, so to speak. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and I, honestly, I don't even tie it down anymore. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's evolving and trying to figure out what people like to hear. You know, we had a scientist on this week talking about GMOs and, and speaking for them. So, you know, it's, I kind of liked it because there we were going for, we were talking to farmers that really weren't getting the microphone in front of them in other places. 
But I, you know, yeah, I definitely don't want to tie myself down to that. I just want to be interesting. I just want to have farmers listen to it, be entertained, and hopefully learn some stuff. Well, and the scientists learn something from you, and, and usually that's not the case. You think of scientists and, and GMOs, you think they have the answers. There was a lot of things that you got across to him, and, and you can listen to this podcast, by the way. Just search for Shark Farmer on Twitter, and, and he'll have the uh, the link up there on, on his Twitter page. And, and Rob, just kind of tell us how that conversation went. Well, it's a, you know, it's a concept that's kind of being pushed in ag right now is we want to get outside of our, our tribe, outside of the farmers, and talk to other groups that are in the same mindset. So like when it comes to GMOs, we want to talk with the science community, the skeptics community, that type, the people that have the same mindset as we do, people that really just want to get the truth about how our food is made and how it's safe. So yeah, I I interviewed Kevin Fulta, which kind of went outside of what we'd usually done because he's a guy that does get the microphone in front of him a lot. But, you know, he's wanting to know what the farmers think of it, um, and I want to know what science thought of it. He went through a lot of um, a lot of heartache defending GMOs, and, you know, I think the farmers maybe didn't realize that we should have been sticking up for him. I know I sure didn't. So I, th- I think these, these things, kind of getting outside of our tribes, is going to be a good way that we can go ahead and push the truth as the future goes on. What other types of guests do you have on the podcast? I've had everything from, you know, just uh, neighbors. I've had, you know, lots and lots of farmers, of course, different types. Uh, for some reason, I have a lot of Canadians. I just, I guess I like to torture myself. But, I mean, it's <laughs> you try to just kind of mix it up. And I'll say I'm just going for the interesting story. I've been leaning more towards people that are involved in agriculture and social media. But, uh, definitely I'll just go where an interesting story takes me. Luckily, Farm and Country Radio doesn't have any affiliates in Canada yet. Rob, you might, you might have hurt my chances there. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, the good thing about Canadians is they're so forgiving. So, hey, that's, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> Rob Sharkey from Bradford, Illinois, this week's featured farmer. You can check out his podcast. Uh, just go on Twitter and search Shark Farmer. You'll find it there. Very entertaining. And uh, Rob, I appreciate your time this week and being our featured farmer. And thanks for all you do, not only online, but there on the farm as well. Thank you very much.